0: and welcome to the third episode of season two of the Chuck P. TV podcast. I'm your host Chuck Privetera and we have a very special guest for you today. This podcast is actually being recorded on November 4th so we are still in the middle of uh, really understanding the outcome of the presidential election. I can't think of a better time to have my guest Sheila Robinson Kiss on today. Sheila welcome to the show.
1: Oh thank you so much Chuck. I'm excited delighted check all the boxes to be here I'm, I'm a big fan of your work so and, and the topics are right up my alley so wonderful well, to join you thank you
0: thank you and I so just to give the listeners a little bit of background Sheila and I met at a uh, Sherm event and we realized we were speaking similar languages about tangential topics we've uh, I've been uh, fortunate enough to have appeared on your series, Eggshells, Racism, and Mental Health, which was just a phenomenal series. And I encourage our listeners to check that out, and we'll we'll give you a chance to let find that. But in the, why don't you tell us what you're working on? Give us a couple, couple minutes of background, and, and we'll kind of roll into things today.
1: Okay, wonderful. You know, very straightforward. Uh, I'm a mental health educator, uh, as well as a mediator, and all of my work, with my company, Rebalancing America and Beyond, it really centers around sharing the tools um, of, of balance of focus of making it in this world when it can be like it is right now, not seeming too balanced, (laughs) you know, (laughs) all, all over the place. So that's my life's work for the last 24 years. And it takes me, around the world. Um, I'm inside of a lot of corporations. Um, I work with groups, um, in some instances, um, individuals on retreats, what have you. But the work is really uh, laser focused on providing the tools and the information um, to keep Folks grounded, um, moving forward, and you know, I've lived on the planet long enough. You, you know a little bit about my backstory. Uh, grew up with clinically depressed mom, uh, father alcohol issues. Um, I grew up behind Statesfield Prison in Joliet, and I have certainly seen my share of imbalance and dysfunction. And let me tell you, uh, balance and mental health is better. So that, that's really the the name of the game for me.
0: So, and this is, this is, yeah, absolutely. And this is a, amazing work that you do now, just so we can, um, just so we're clear the, you, you do some of the work that you're doing is with companies uh, helping leadership or helping leadership help their employees or kind of a little bit of both. Yeah. Explain it's, that?
1: Yeah. It, it's a little bit of both it's blended. So in some instances, I am coming in and facilitating programming um, around issues that create stress. (laughs) You know, here here recently we have a lot of fallout from COVID-19 Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. movement. So I've been leading conversations inside corporations and they're healing conversations and educational conversations that are interactive around how we can stay grounded on what can we do in the area of you know solution focused implementation to move things forward um, in a positive way with more clarity airing out uh, deeper levels of understanding so it's 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 a mixed bag uh, but mm-hmm. again the 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 focus and the intent it's you know i I drive different vehicles, but the destination is all the same um sure the tools for mental health and and balance
0: so the the um last f- couple of years there has been there have been i've heard conversations about emotional well being and employees uh, and understandings of companies as to why this is important but um and clearly and we'll get to this in a minute this the pandemic, the social unrest and um, the things that have occurred in 2020 yes. have certainly have certainly added um, uh, a lot of, uh, I guess, have shown the spotlight on this conversation. But for my skeptical listeners, because I do often get the skeptic that might say, you know, do companies really care about their employees this much or or Maybe you could tell us why is this important for for leadership or, or companies to be focused on this, especially now?
1: Well, I will tell you that one statistic. When I talk to organizational leaders, that that really causes them to stand up and take notice. Uh, Forbes, a couple years ago, um, did a very extensive study on on what what matters most. Like literally, what matters most to employees, and 72%, that's a substantial slice, report that their well-being and programming around their well-being matters most to them. You know, it may not always be the first on the list of the employers, but if you want to know what's on their minds, it is um, their emotional, psychological well-being, their functioning in those regions because they know if I'm not okay, if I'm not well, um, I'm not going to come here and perform and I'm not performing um, to the highest level in any area of my life. So, the you know, the data doesn't lie. It really yeah. doesn't. There's And, and well-being includes... Um, issues around equality, um, diversity, um, am, am I sustainable? So uh, all of those issues, we need to start having expanded conversations about, you know, what is under this umbrella of of mental health and and well being.
0: Yeah, and that's and I and I think that's that's exactly what I was looking for. And and, and I'll, I'll give you an example of something I heard recently where uh, I was at a conference when somebody said. Um, the amount of reporting that's going on by employees about about these word the word that you they're using is emotionally fragile. Yes. And as a as a as a company or an organization, you just can't have these large groups of employees that are coming to work feeling like they're one mistake or bad decision away from a complete emotional breakdown. And, right. and, and and I think when you put it in those terms. You you get people's attention, right? right. I mean, they understand. Most companies understand. If I don't, if I if my employees are feeling like that, there's no possible way we're going to be able to get the productivity, the engagement, um, and so 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 that's 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 kind of where I'm getting at with that. Is I get I often get that sort of skepticism, like, well, why should a company care about? It? Well, there's a lot of reasons why, and not the least of which we've heard so often about how important it is. To the operations of the organization, have engaged employees, and this is um, this is certainly one way to address that. Now, your work is uh, um, specifically addresses some some things that go beyond just general emotional well being, and right. really focused is also on um, emotional well being and the differences that 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 BIPOC or or people of color or other marginalized groups face sure. when it comes to emotional health. Sure. Can you talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah,
1: I can. Um, you know, one area that I've been really focused in on the last three or four years is the impact of microaggressions um, on um, people of color and women in the workplace. And it's really interesting. Again, uh, when when people hear the numbers, it's like, wow, is, is it really that high? Yeah. Over uh, 65% of women and over 50% of people of color say, on a regular basis, they feel that they are um, victims of microaggressions uh, in in the workplace. And a microaggression can be could be something as as slight as a de- derogatory comment um, that that someone makes, maybe they habitually, this is just language they use and they're not fully um, aware of the impact, Uh, but uh, a woman or a person of color may feel, depending on the climate in the workplace, uh, is it safe for me uh, to take this to HR? Um, What most people will end up doing is kind of sitting on that Uh, swallowing that, if you will, and it becomes a problem in terms of their stress level uh, translates into um, physical illness. In some instances, Um, there are a lot of issues around, you know, we use this word unconscious bias and and, and bias, you know, we we can use the words, but really what it boils down to is Lack of awareness, um, lack of introspection, and the series that you participated in, um, Eggshells uh, Racism and Mental Health, what became very clear to me uh, early on was there needs to be a reckoning um, inside of not just corporate America, but uh, businesses across this country on these concerns around safety. And when I say safety, uh, I'm meaning the reluctance at times to have these important conversations because, yep, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. You know, that <laughs> may take someone out of their comfort zone. But I have to tell you, having facilitated over 30 of these at this point, these conversations just this year alone the organizations who have the courage um, to, to really open up safe space dialogue uh, with, with, with competent individuals at the helm of the ship leading those conversations, uh, they grow by leaps and bounds and it moves the needle because there's a level of um, awareness and education and exchange that we all need to start engaging because the the fallout it's costing it's costing these organizations big time costing in terms of talent in terms of productivity uh i could go on and on but but the impact is is real and and mental health is just right there right in the center
0: yeah sure and it it, you, you the the um you remind me of a couple things that um I, I You talked about uncomfortable conversations. And I remember at one point, Brene Brown said, um, you know, not wanting to have these conversations because they make you uncomfortable is really the definition of privilege. Isn't it? <laughs> and then um, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. and then and and just so because this this actually was helpful for me when I read. So you want to talk about race? I know I felt like I understood what microaggressions were, but I can tell you that I probably didn't give as much credence to them for a couple of reasons. Number one, the word microaggressions doesn't really sound that awful. And, and number, number two, I guess I just thought, Oh, you know, they're not really a big deal. And when I read that, when I read um, her take on it, and so you want to talk about race, I was like, she put it like, you know, imagine, you know, every time your mother's got something to say, That you know that you don't love it doesn't really bother you until it sort of adds up and piles on and it just becomes cumulative. And I I felt that Sheila and I got that because I have a a mother like many of us do who is can be capable of that. And I thought, oh yeah, (laughs) so so maybe maybe this one time it's not so bad. And it is we 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 know that, but. But um, but so so explain a little bit about how how microaggressions can really chip away at somebody. Sure. Emotional
1: sure. Brain. I'll I'll give you I'll give you an example. Um, you know, in addition mm-hmm. to this work that I do, I'm also um, a speaker on the national circuit. Uh, and I was um, putting in my application for a, a rather a large event and a young lady that I mentor, um, happened to be putting in an application to. Now, the panel who was deciding this, they didn't know that uh, we had any connection. So it turns out they were interested in both of us. Um, they asked me, in addition to what I submitted, probably for an additional stack of information um, about my credentials, what have you. I pulled out that all that together, gave it to them. The panelists, I mean, I said, oh yeah, and I hear such and such is gonna be a part of it too. And they say, oh yeah, you know, she, she's a wonderful speaker. And they didn't realize that I had mentored her. And they didn't ask her <laughs> for, all of this additional um, information, proof, verification, what have you. And it would be um, debilitating if that was the only time that something like that happened, right. but it happens all the time. You know, regardless yeah. of um, who you are, where you've been, how hard you've worked, it is, it is something. That um, as a person of color, you, you're going to have the added burden of figuring out what you're going to do with that when it happens. And, you know, some people can square it away and decide what they're going to do. Others, it just piles up one too many. And, and there you go. And th- mm-hmm. those moments of, you know, w- when that occurs, the accumulative effect That is the translation of the stress, you know, Um, being Mm -hmm. second guessed. um, You're in situations where you know that there's discrepancies and you can't quite, you know, on a technicality, you know, I I don't have it on paper, but I'm pretty sure something happened here. So it's it's that kind of stress that can build up and erode, quite frankly, um, performance. I got two calls last month from companies that I work with, and they said, "You know, Sheila, we lost, we've lost some of our top talent. These are people of color. Okay, what happened? Why did they walk?" They said that, you know, they couldn't believe that we're not going to do anything to address this issue, you know, with the stuff, with the stress yeah. that they've been under. And these are some, you know, very talented individuals. They said, I cannot be here anymore, you know.
0: And so that's, yeah, that's where, you know, when you say it sort of bubbles up, it's not going to end in some sort of explosive yes. event. Your talent's is right. just going to walk. And that's where, and that's where the, the organizations that we're talking to and talking about, and that's where they wake up one day and they realize, wow, I, you know, I should have if I had had I done something about yeah. this or addressed this or or been,
1: but uh, we, would have,
0: we would have been. Able here's to retain. the thing:
1: the the yeah. talent that walked out, they were scooped up within a couple weeks. Uh One of them less than that because again, they had the reputation, what have you. But that's a loss for that organization because they were not willing. To open up safe space to have these conversations to explore what is going on and it's it's really uh it's a shame and it's happening more often than you think
0: yeah. and now and we're, when we're talking about doing this type of work, while there may be some discomfort this we're not talking about like a huge yes. heavy lift here yes. we're talking about total. <laughs> So to so give me a little you know maybe some broad strokes about what it might look like for for an organization to start paying attention or or
1: Yeah one of the things that that I uh tell organizations and and many have been quite shocked they said have you, have you done anything um like a needs assessment um have you even a lot of times there's assumptions made that you know people are not going to want to come together on a zoom um, for smaller organizations in person and, and dive into this. And I have to tell you, there's been some folks, they've been very surprised and (laughs) they get there and, you know, things are opened up, uh, creatively with sensitivity and, and some humor where it's appropriate. And, a guided conversation is very different than just throwing people together and let's just start throwing stuff around and see what works. No, that, of course, that's not the way to do it. But when people are given an opportunity, um, you know, say there's four or five topics that are put on the table, you know, um, one, for example, maybe um, has to do with Bias and triggers, another might have to do with um based on how you grew up and how you've been socialized you know can can you map for yourself um, without judgment um, from you or from anyone else? can you map with yourself how some of the decisions uh, or the conclusions you've made about people in life, how they came to be. Yeah, you know, I can, because this is kind of what I grew up with since I was age four, you know, and then uh, topics fan out from there. So it's been um, validating, refreshing and inspiring for me to see people from all walks of life come together in facilitated safe space and really not only connect some dots, but have an opportunity um, to listen, um, to express empathy, um, to even if just for a moment walk in each other's shoes uh, mm-hmm. without, without mm-hmm. shame, um, without uh, judgment, condemnation, what have you. It's healing and it's inspiring. And it's, it's very much needed. And it's interesting, you know, that the very things that we walk away from and turn away from, it just grows. Right, right. The,
0: um, the 2020, how has that, I, I read a study just recently that said um, in, in 2020, uh, the reporting of workplace, individuals reporting uh, depression at their, in the workplace has increased by over a hundred percent. And I read, I read that for, for 21 to 37 year olds, it's over 300 percent increase. Now you and I both know if those are reported numbers, it's likely even worse than those. And those to me are staggering. staggering.
1: Well, it's real.
0: And that's largely for
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's real. I I talk to a lot of those people. And I can tell you that the sources of the anxiety and depression that is spiking, it comes from a couple different sources here in 2020. Obviously, COVID-19, you know, people homeschooling their children and job loss. So that's one area and then you blend that in with what has happened with with the cries for racial equality and this this is a conversation that this has not just impacted black and brown people it has impacted all people there is stress and and worry for for various reasons coming from all directions and that combined with people feeling in some instances, there's been organizations that have handled it beautifully. The support is there. They've opened up safe space. The conversations are there. And I applaud uh, those fine organizations. But for as many that have really rolled up their sleeves and, and tried to address these issues and support their, their frontline uh, teams, there's, you know, two, three times the number that have not, so you can imagine going through all of this and feeling like you know I give eight to ten to twelve, you know, maybe on a long day, even more hours to this organization and not feeling that uh they've got my back. That's an additional stressor and then the stress that's being put on the mental health system. So in some instances, people are trying to access uh, these supports. It's not always easy these days. So I talk to companies about it's, you have an opportunity here. This is not a mandate. It's a key opportunity to really do um, some phenomenal things that will not be forgotten. Uh, by your teams, and they need it now more than ever.
0: Sure, and so now, does this? There, there I've heard conversations about certain uh, benefits platforms that offer emotional well-being coaching, or certain services that triage somebody's state of yeah. uh, mental and emotional well-being, or. Is this all part of the bigger it, it, conversation? Yeah, yeah it definitely to...
1: has a place. I mean, certainly, um, gosh, EAP program usage is up. Uh, certainly um, mm-hmm. the promotion of the mental health benefits through insurance that our, uh, most employers mm-hmm. ha- have attached um, to, to benefits package. That's all part of it. That said, um Everyone's not going to access that, but what I can tell you what, some, what everyone nearly 100% will access is we're bringing you this programming and we're taking X amount of hours out of the day or out of the week. We feel it's important. Uh, that's a slam dunk. Because that's something where, boom, mm-hmm. there's a captive audience. So the benefits packages are absolutely a part of it. in the allied services, uh, having said that, mm-hmm. um, I see the employee, the focused employee programming that comes inside of, of that workspace uh, to be extremely impactful as well.
0: Okay. And that's now, yeah. And it all, it all works together and, and, and none of it, none of it will do the job alone, but um, speak to me for a minute about the, the the stigma of poor mental health and how that can be a deterrent or a barrier to, to doing effective. So can can you
1: clarify when you say the stigma of poor mental health?
0: Well, you know, uh, many folks for whatever reasons, uh, the stigma that surrounds, okay. you know, depression or whatever, things like that. I don't want to admit that I'm depressed or I don't know if I want to address these things because then I'd have to admit that I have an emotional. Yeah. Yeah. That, or,
1: um, I, that I feel it, it is less and less. So it's le- less and less because I good, have to tell good. you, I have, uh, folks and organizations that reach out. I'm, 2020 has been a game changer on many levels. People are just like, I don't even care. I need support. I need help. I'll take it how it comes. So one of the silver linings of, and we have to, sometimes we have to insist on our silver linings of what happened, what has happened with COVID and the Black Lives Matter movement and this crescendo of stress we're all under. Um, It has almost forced people (laughs) to take a look at themselves and and how they're managing and I cannot tell you in the last year how many conversations I've had where someone has said you know what this is a first for me uh I resisted it (laughs) for a few years I'm here I'm all in I'm, I'm all, I'm all in. So yeah. I literally one another thing that I do a service I provide. It's called family forums, and it's where uh families reach out and and they can really uh come together and check in on their mental health and, and their relationships. And I could, I I've literally had to tell people I'm right now I'm turning it away because I'm I'm so my work is overwhelmed. So people are really looking at this in a whole new light.
0: And that's good to hear. And there are some silver linings that, you know, you hate, there's no, there's nothing really good going on right now, but there are things that we can learn and grow from. And it's good to hear that this is certainly one of them. Now, uh, over the last few weeks, um, and the last 24 hours uh america is really kind of yes. at, a, at a tipping point i i feel like we're we're um as a country we've never been more divided we're there the anxiety level if you look on social media if you talk yeah. of, you know discourse with anyone it's uh it's 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 at a boiling over point and um we're all feeling it and we're going to continue to feel it no matter what the results of the election are uh, or how long it's dragged out and even if it's resolved there's going to be a lot of work to be done what's your what's your advice to our listeners to to the individuals yeah, that are just saying, how to I do I, I, I do, I, are, do. I have a lot or? of
1: tips um for, first and foremost first and foremost okay. um in in the great words of Mahatma Gandhi you know once you've lost it and lost control the the battle. You've lost the battle as well. So my first suggestion is to get perspective. It really is. I I understand that there are strong emotions on both sides, yet the reality is that this election, they, it, they will call it, uh, there will be a new president And life and your mental health and your self-care must proceed regardless of who is sitting in the White House. So that's the first thing is is to get perspective and understand that if you're not okay, none of that is relevant anyway. Uh, My next tip is it is essential to not just give yourself permission, but force yourself, if need be, to break away. I hear people say, I want, I just want normalcy. I want some sense of normalcy. We're so divided. Well, you can wait for normalcy to be restored, or you can give yourself, you can give yourself an infusion of normalcy. Get on some kind of a routine, something you do every day that allows you to step away from the radio, step away from the TV. For me, um, I'm an avid walker. Uh, And understand you need to do that because you are really stress hormones are being released when you get yourself amped up about this stuff. And those stress hormones translate into physical illness, translates into depression, translates into anxiety. Uh, So those tips are important as well as getting very clear on what you can and cannot control. You worrying, you pacing You being upset with the outcome is not going to change the inevitable outcome. So again, it really goes back to mindset and perspective. I also like the idea of getting into something um, physical, using your body physically every day in some way, because it's very difficult to be doing something physical and then your mind is still churning with the toxic swirl. (laughs) that is going around. And, and, and one last tip uh, that I tell folks um, may seem a little bit cheesy, but it's very powerful symbolically as well as physically. Once a day, um, try to take off your socks and shoes, even though it's getting a little colder and go outside and put your feet on the ground, even momentarily, because it's a, it's a reminder I've got to stay grounded. I've, regardless of what's going on, it's uh, yeah, I do it every day. Oh, I it's just it. it's cold, so longer in the summer, but at least for a couple seconds. And it reminds me, look, this is what life is about, also. So don't forget it. Boy,
0: I don't, I mean, that doesn't sound cheesy at all. That sounds like uh, a, some great advice, Sheila. Well, yeah. we, we're up on a, on a half hour here, which is, um, yeah. about uh about the end of our show and i yeah. just i i know we could go on for hours i appreciate you and the work you're doing and the time that you spent with me today and i know our listeners will appreciate this why don't you um give us uh we'll wrap it up and if you just tell us a couple of sure uh, places where they could go to learn yeah, more about absolutely. you and the work so that you're doing if you
1: want to learn more about me very easy to find it's um, www.rab.solutions. That's Rebalancing American Beyond, rab.solutions. You can also, there's no com on that. It's just rab.solutions. And you can also um, check me out on YouTube. I have over 700 videos up there. Also connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm I'm very easy to find. And the, ser- the series that you mentioned, Eggshells, Racism, go Mental ahead. Health, if you go to my RAB website, uh, there will be a link also there to the series. You can check out uh, the interview I had uh, with you, Chuck, as well as uh, some other folks from across the country. So that's up there as well.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, I have to tell you, the first Good. thing I'm going to do is go outside and take my shoes off and walk around, walk around a little bit. And I just um, I I really appreciate Me the time. Too. I'm hoping for the best for our country and for the well-being of, of all of our brothers and sisters. And I know that you are working hard to that end. So thank and you. Thank and thank you, you so much, much and for I'm, your time I look today, forward to
1: following up with you soon. Bye-bye. Absolutely,
0: okay.